Tarzan.
And you're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show. And who do we have in the studio today? Hello, are you there? Please introduce yourself. Who are you? Uh, this is Jonah from Career Suicide. This is Matt. Dave. Martin. All from Career Suicide. Playing in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Tonight. Tonight at Pub... 340. 340. And what did we just hear? Because Career Suicide are here helping the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show by programming the entire Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show in their intense drive home style, right? Jonah. This one's going to get you home yeah. class and, 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 and history. That was Crushed Butler from the UK uh, from 66. And that came from an acetate-only release back then that got put on CDs called Uncrushed. And that's My Son is Alive, and it was for Eric. So that is 1966. That's right. Not, yeah. 1966, which makes me think of the band of Ripcords. Do you guys like the band of Ripcords from Montreal? Were they from 1966? No, <laughs> but they were marketed as, you would probably like this, they were around, they, they, it was Paul Gott, he did Rear, Ga- Rear Guard fanzine, and he's in the Rip Corps and they tour all the time. They were marketed by Aug Records as 66 punk with 77 chord progressions. Ah, we or it were... might have been the other way around. Maybe it was 77 punk with 66 chord progressions. But that actually was 1966 punk rock that we heard. That was right. Pure proto-punk 66 rock. Where did you find that one? Uh, I was pu- I get, got a cassette tape dub of it uh, some time ago from uh, our old drummer, Eric. What sort of... And I keep thinking of Eric. I just want to keep saying, Eric, flex your head. No, no, a different Eric. Eric uh, Philocracy. Yeah, who's not here from Career Suicide? Like, who's not going to be playing tonight at Pub 340? About a half a dozen ex-members. Yeah, who are the ex-members, Martin? Are you an ex-member? <laughs> how does, yeah, I am. How I'm do you fit ex-member. into the band? How does Martin fit into the band? I'm an ex-member of Fuck Jonah, and that's the band that turned into Career Suicide, and then I came back and rejoined the band. So, yes, I am technically an ex-member and not a founding member. And who else is in the band as well? Like, how else did you find the rest of the guys, Jonah and Martin? How did the rest of you guys get in the band? I'm not really an original member either, okay. if you really want to split hairs. What's but, your uh, favorite least original member band story that you guys have from your experience in rock? Career Suicide are from where, though, by the way? Where are you guys from? Toronto. Toronto, Ontario. Embarrassed and to Ottawa. say it. Toronto and Ottawa. Ottawa Hardcore. Sean Scallon. He's still doing it after all these. Doesn't he have a store now? End hits. Is End that hits we played yeah. there last weekend. Props out to Sean Scallon listening now. Is he, is he still working for CKCU? Does he still do a radio show? Just amazing photos over the years. Yeah. Is End hits. That's his record store in Ottawa, Ontario. And I think there also was. Now, Martin, you're not connected to that fire breathing band. No, that was another guy. It was because it was. I keep thinking of like there was this fire breathing band that played in Ottawa that I knew somebody from that moved to Vancouver. But you had the like power violence. Connect connection didn't you martin because yeah, like I, I, you were I, here at citr for a little while what is could you move a bit closer to mike like you tell us well actually this let's finish off here but anyways that was we just heard again what did we just hear uh crushed butler crushed butler from 1966 in england yeah that's right which is not too unusual for you career suiciders because you do some covers what other covers do you guys do you cover the zachary Thax? that's right from it, texas speaking of 1966 wait what covers do career suicide do I guess we're famous for our genetic control cover, Todd Killings by the Angry Samoans. Uh, Circle Jerks. Blood Type X. Like Chronic Sick. We did, uh... I just oh, the Zeros. Uh, Wild Weekend by the Zeros. 
Mm. And what will you butcher what, songs you'd never recognize? And what will you be stage? performing tonight at Pub 340? All original, brand new material from our current album. No attempted covers? suicide. No covers at all. We no. Because back to the. What is your favorite sort of original member reunion type playing with story? Like my favorite is like when Frankie goes to Hollywood play and there's like no original <laughs> members in the band. That's always fun. It's the cousin of one of the guys. Have you played with any bands like that? You play with? Did you really play with HR of Bad Brains? Oh yeah, it was amazing. Could you explain about that a bit? Well, basically, uh, we got uh, we got a show booked for us in in Nashville, was it? Nashville. Nashville, and uh, we went down there and we w- uh, loaded all the gear in. And uh, there's this strange Rasta man sitting in a chair, and I don't think he moved from that position for about four or five hours. And uh, he actually gave Miller a uh, a forced autograph. Yeah, I think we should let Miller tell the story. Yeah, Mar- uh, Martin uh, witnessed it. I found a sticker. Maybe six or seven feet from HR, and uh, I was found a bad brain sticker that was no, stuck it, to the it, wall. It was like uh, X Games, uh, I love LA, and just a really, <laughs> really lame sticker. And I was looking at it, and HR said, uh, "I'll sign that for you." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And then he signed it and said, "To Miller with love, much love, HR." So did he move from that chair? No, did no, no, I had, I had to bring it to the chair. Did he move from the chair during <laughs> the performance? What happened during the he, performance? He moved from the chair when he had to go and perform. That's, uh, but we actually never witnessed him perform. We played right before he was going on, and when we got off the stage, he was still staring at the ceiling, sitting in that chair. <laughs> and by the time we were loading out an hour later, he's, he'd finally moved from the backstage area, from staring at the ceiling to sitting on a couch. There were about five people left at the show at that point, and he was giving them autographs, too. Do you have any indication of what the show was like or what he performed? HR of Bad Brains. It's HR of Bad Brains and career suicide. I know you'd figure it would be a really super bill. I've heard mixed reviews of HR, though. Sometimes he's, like, on fire and he's doing backflips and gives the audience exactly what they hope for. And other times he's on stage wearing a bulletproof vest, carrying a guitar that's not plugged in, wearing a motorcycle helmet. So. And by sometimes, Jonah means 1979. Yeah. Was there any hardcore, though, in this set? Do you know if you played any hardcore? Did your audience stick around? Were there any people there to see career suicide? Did they stick around for HR? Well, like Did it's... HR help with the bill? Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't a very packed show, I'm afraid. But like I said, when we left... There were maybe ten people sitting around HR. Left. I had uh, I had a couple friends that stuck around for it, and they said that they left probably five minutes into his set. They said it was just terrible. Well, so. I mean, th- we got added onto that bill too. So now, speaking of HR, do you guys feel bummed that Bedouin Soundclash stole your position at the Rogers picnic that happened in Toronto? <laughs> Didn't Bad Brains play with Bedouin Soundclash? Could that have been the career suicide too? Yeah, uh, we could have done that. I heard, and I don't know if this is a rumor that's suitable for radio, that some guy in Bedouin Soundclass says, and I quote, the bad brains weren't even that good of a band. So do they deserve it? Did he actually say that after the guy from Bad Brains produced their band? Yeah, suppose, I don't know. It's, just, it's a secondhand story, but he was talking about uh, PMA and uh, how PMA is really what makes the band. It doesn't matter how good you are or how bad you are if you got that PMA, you know, fill in the blanks. But uh, he said, because, you know, it figures, because the Bad Brains weren't that good of a band. But, you know, they had that whole PMA thing going on for them, so it really made it work. And this is the Bad Brains Celebrity Roast here live on CITR, <laughs> FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, with Career Suicide, who are playing tonight at Pub 340 and tomorrow. Are you not playing at the Sweatshop, too? I saw listed at the Sweatshop 1820 East Pandora in Vancouver with a whole bunch of other bands. Who are you playing with over the next two nights? Anybody exciting? 
uh, the regulations from Sweden. I've seen their name out there quite a bit. Have you played with them before? Uh, we, yeah, we played with them a whole bunch of times, New York City and Philadelphia. and I think we did a mini tour with them, didn't we? So is this a fluke that they're playing here now? How did this come together? Did you help set up the show? Uh, I probably set it all up myself. Like, they heard Miller was coming, so they booked their flights from Sweden. And, yeah. <laughs> and you can check that out tomorrow night at the Sweatshop. That's 1820 East Pandora, the regulations and career suicide, and I'm sure some other rocking combos. And tonight, career suicide at Pub 340. And also joining us here is Gord from Deranged Records. Hello, Gord. Are you still there? I'm here. I'm here. You are still here. Last time, a couple months ago, you brought in Fucked Up to the Nardwarty Human Survey Radio Show. I did. And could you move a bit closer to the mic there, please, I'll Gord? I'll try, yes. And what breaking news did you give us a couple months ago about your record label, Deranged? Not only is it based in Gibsons, but it isn't really based in Gibsons. We're now, I'm not in Roberts Creek, so just recently uh, moved a family to Roberts Creek. And the news that you're referring to is the Transmitters uh, album being uh, licensed to Stiff Records. And yes, that definitely has... Uh, uh, material, materialize. I have the CDs at home, and they're currently in the UK touring, uh, supporting that release. And what's amazing is the last Vancouver band to sign to Stiff Records, The Point of Sticks, are playing next weekend. And also this Saturday night, the Dishrags were the very first punk band ever in Vancouver to play a note. They weren't the first punk band, but they were the first punk band to play a note because they opened up for the Furies, who were the first punk band in Vancouver, are doing a gig, the Furies and the Dishrags, tomorrow night at Richards and Riches. You can probably go both shows. You can go see Career Suicide Reg- Regulations and Dishrags and Furies. So it's kind of all come together here, Gord. That's right. How did the fucked up show go at Pub 340? What can you tell Career Suicide that they can look forward to? Because it was fucked up at Pub 340, and now we have Career Suicide. You've brought in you know, your other label band here. What can they look forward to? What happened at that fucked up show? Well, if the fucked up is in, fucked up show at Pub 340 is any indication as to what's going to be happening tonight, then it will definitely be a, a great show. Uh, for Vancouver, uh, the fucked up show was uh, very well received, and as far as the sound and the venue, it was uh, excellent. And Jonah could uh, attest to that as he was uh, behind the skins at, on that very evening. What would you say, Jonah? What are you expecting for Pub 340 tonight? Uh, top form from career. Suicide. suicide. Now, you guys have brought on a whole bunch of tunes. What are we going to kick in here, Jonah? We're going to kick in here some demon. This is this is going to help get you through that bad traffic on Broadway. You might want to take the deuce over to uh, West Van to, to get home tonight, and this is going to put your pedal to the metal. Demon Preacher from England again. This band came before Alien Sex Fiend, who I've never heard, but this is way better than I imagine that band is. This song's <laughs> called Little Miss Perfect. Yeah. Play. Press play. This is about Joyce McKinney in the naked nude. Keep it slow. Okay, okay. Put your niggas on Joyce McKinney. No, no. 
Yes, it's number one, it's Top of the Pops. And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Or you possibly actually could have been listening to me talk 
during the actual songs because I might have left the mic on. And it's important that we get the information across. This is Career Suicide from Toronto, Ontario, live on the Nardwarty Human Serviette radio show. And I was just mentioning to them about playing in Europe and how they actually hit Japan not too soon after the Pointed Sticks hit Japan. And they're back, Career Suicide. Hello, are you there, Career Suicide? Yeah, Hello. Playing tonight at Pub 340 in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And Jonah, what did we just hear there? Could you please go right back? We heard two songs, the first by a band called Demon Preacher from the United Kingdom, and uh, allegedly and possibly confirmed that this contains one or two members of the band Alien Sex Fiend, and that was... More uh, 77, 78 era, as you can tell by their raucous uh, attitude. And we followed that up with another English band from the late 60s, and that was the Kinks, on top of the Pops. And it's, uh, you know, anticipating all the fame that's no doubt going to flood our way as soon as you hit uh, the cough back button when this show is over. Top of the Vancouver Pops. Actually, I think the talkback button has been completely off or broken because, like I said, I probably left the mic on, so people were hearing everything, everything, uncensored career suicide. I'm still curious, so what were the reviews you guys got from the Rogers Picnic when Bad Brains played there? Just, did you hear what it was like, the uh, Bad Brains playing the Rogers Picnic? I just I, bring this up because you did play with HR on one of your tours, so I was just curious what I heard, happened uh, about that. Did you hear any reviews? Like, I heard that uh, Bad Brains were actually pretty good. Okay. <laughs> and you're still live here with, was not there. with career suicide. And um, I was curious, where is Gabby? Where is Gabby? Who is Gabby? Gabby is, uh, is living in, in Cabbage Town in Toronto now with his, uh, his abortionist wife and uh, raising three dogs and, and uh, living the quiet life. And living in a bungalow. And was Gabby ever in career suicide? Because I wanted to go back, Martin. I mentioned power violence. That's why I met you here at CITR Radio. You told me about power violence. I did, I think. I, I knew nothing. What? I, I introduced know. Nardwar. My claim to fame introduced him to power violence. What was power violence? Uh, and what is power violence? I still don't quite understand. Uh, I... Music you don't want to listen to while you're driving home. Though I think we had the drive-home show at like 6 o'clock. It was a show called... Uh, First, it was called Women and Children Blown to Shit. Then it was called Beaten, Burned, and Destroyed, I think. Anyway, it's just uh, really short, fast blasts of really intense hardcore, I guess. is. What were some band names? And have you played with them? Has your life been fulfilled because you've ended up playing with those bands? Like, Where did your journey take you, Martin? You left CITR Radio, and then you ended up in career suicide. What happened all these years? I, and how did Gabby travel with you? Well, Ga- Gabby, Gabby, being, Gabby being a CITR member who I met at CITR. You probably met him elsewhere, but did you meet him at CITR? I met him. I, yeah, I actually met, I met him right here. And he right plays in into our little story here, too, because he played bass with the Riff Randalls, who are opening up for the Pointed Sticks. Exactly, yeah. Gabby, uh, Gabby and I, after I moved back from Vancouver, I didn't hear much from Gabby, and he didn't hear much from me, but I moved back to Toronto, started a band with Jonah called Board of Education, which later turned into Fuck Jonah, which then turned into Career Suicide, and Gabby... Got, came back into the picture when he just all of a sudden moved to Amsterdam, having never been to Europe before. He just moved there, got a job at a paper mill somewhere, and and uh, we were coming to, to Europe for our first tour. We needed a bass player. Baby, or Gabby could barely play, but but he was uh, he was our best option. So he met us there, learned the songs, and or sort of learned the songs in two days. We had one practice and went on a European tour together. So he wore shorts on stage. He always wears shorts. Uh, when was the first time you guys wore shorts on stage? Probably Europe. <clears throat> Unlike our current bass player, no, none of us can really pull that off. <laughs> and so Gabby was in Amsterdam, and where? And now he's back in Toronto. That's right. 
that's where the journey. And is he in any bands now? Because he was in Riff Randall's for a bit, wasn't he? Playing that's bass. right. He's uh, he's playing in a band called Terminal State now, and he's uh, he's got some new project on the way. I don't know what they're called. And Martin, what are the other Martin Farkases out there? There's quite a few Martin Farkases out there, aren't there? There's uh, there's a pretty famous one. Uh, I think he's Czech. He was it was I was actually all my family lives in Europe, and I was over there visiting, and or I think I was there for where work. Where in Europe does your family live? Uh, all over, mostly in Hungary. Um, and uh, is that and, where you were born? Yeah, it was. And uh, anyway, so I was flying home. I think I was there. I was there for work, so I actually didn't see my family. And I was flying home, and newspaper reports started flooding in that Martin Farkas crashed in a, in a tragic air accident, and he was the only survivor, as it turned out. <laughs> Mar- that Martin Farkas is actually Czech, and he's like a, like a Czech fighter pilot or something. And his uh, his military transport plane crashed, and there's all these photos of him on the internet, which is might be what you uh, one of the other Martin Farkas's that you found out about. Anyway, and he's like lost all his hair and burnt to hell. And but you're okay. Did, how long I'm, did you I'm live okay. in Hungary? Until uh, I was a year old, and we moved to Germany for a couple of years, and then Canada. When did you move to Canada? 1983. So you probably didn't have too many contacts for punk rock persuasion over in Europe? Or, like, did you have too many... Not, 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 not many? at the time that I left. <laughs> yeah. No. I was just wondering about, you know, to help you book gigs and stuff. Like, yeah. are, are you able to stay at your family's house when you do... Did, have you done gigs in your family's towns? No, like, my, I have family in Germany, which is... I have, I have family all over, but the only place that we've played that I have family is Germany, but they were nowhere near any place that we played, but we could, theoretically. Now, back to CITR again. Martin, who were fratricide? Because you have some Vancouver content in your songs, don't yes, you? Yes, sir. You've taken Vancouver with you. Yes, and I again, have. And we're speaking here to Career Suicide, who are playing tonight at Pub 340 in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and tomorrow in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, at the sweatshop with the regulations. And lucky listeners, if you keep listening, you'll be rewarded <laughs> for <laughs> listening. We have some little prizes for you. But yes, back to Vancouver content, Martin. I have to ask this. So I, uh, when I moved out here to Vancouver, I, I started going to shows right away, and I decided I'm going to get into promoting shows. So the first show I went to, I was asking around, find out who the promoter was. Turned out it was this guy named John Salinius. I found, talked to him. Turns out he used to sing in a band from Vancouver called Fratricide. He and I did a couple shows together, promoted shows together. I got to know the guitarist from that band, Eric Flexerhead, through this radio station, CITR, and uh, sort of... What shows did you put on? Uh, There's that 88 Fingers Louis Good Riddance show. Some other ones, like they're all like pop punk shows. Um, Like they were basically John's shows. I was helping out with them. Um, And uh, anyway, so tragically, so well, not tragically, he didn't die, but John uh, came down with with something called Graves' disease, and it affected his thyroid. And to cure it, it required radiation treatments. And they weren't. It wasn't quite chemotherapy, but either way, he. he was, as he described it, leaking radiation after these treatments. And he'd have to, when he'd go to the bathroom, he'd have to flush the toilet three times. He couldn't come within, like, ten feet of his girlfriend for three days and that sort of thing. So that was around the time we were recording, our, doing our second recording, with our first 7-inch for, uh, for Kangaroo Records. And the, uh, the big hit off that one was Johnzo's Leaking Radiation. All the way back to CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Now, where were you guys at this time? Where were you? Where were you guys? Um, I uh, had just moved here, I think. Um, weed man. Yeah, working for the weed man in Surrey, B.C., Canada. Do you still have a weed man t-shirt? I have several, yes. <laughs> I have some nice vintage uh, weed man jackets as well. Um, They're awesome, actually. I was an uh, employee of the year two years running. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but then uh, I met Martin out here through Gabby, because me and Gabby grew up in Manitoba together. And uh, we met Martin. Martin and I played in a uh, uh, pretty crappy uh, punk. It was fantastic. Band. Emo Destroyer. With uh, the drummer from the Riff Randalls. And Marie. And, uh, and then Martin moved away and shattered my dreams. <laughs> Until several years later, I moved to Ottawa, and they... I got a call out of the blue that career suicide needed a bass player for an upcoming mini tour. And uh, is, this, is this a thread that career suicide needs a bass player or uh, it, and you, drummer? It, it used to be, but <laughs> it used to be, but I've uh, solved that problem. So, and how about yourself? What were you rocking as? And who are you again for the people out there that are listening? I'm Dave. I'm the drummer, one of the many. He's my son, <laughs> Matt's son. My son is alive. <laughs> yes. But uh, probably around this time, I was uh, somewhere in Nova Scotia playing in uh, mediocre to uh, not-so-good thrash bands. So, How do you qualify a good thrash band? <laughs> good question. That's a, that is a very good question. I, I don't, like, don't belittle yourself. I, like, how did you know maybe it wasn't good or it was mediocre? Well, I, I was in the band, so, I mean, therefore, I, I can't, really, can't really give it that much credit. And then eventually you found your way to Toronto. How did this happen? Oh, well, basically, I'd, I'd grown up in the in the Maritimes and I'd lived there all my life. And I was just twenty after twenty years, I just sort of got sick of it. And I was just like, you know, I need to change. So I had a friend who was living in uh, in Toronto. He seemed to uh, think it was a pretty decent place. He was telling me about good things that were going on. So I decided to pack up my bags and move to a city I'd never even visited before. And joined career suicide right off the bat? No, no, I was here for about six months. I was debate, or I was in tr- Toronto for about six months, and I was debating on uh, debating on uh, moving back to the Maritimes because it hadn't really been everything that I was expecting. It was and it wasn't, but uh, I uh, I'd been going into uh, the radio show at uh, CIUT in Toronto. Uh, a radio show done by Steve Perry called uh, Equalizing Distort. They put out that great fanzine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, Jonah and uh, Martin were both uh, DJs there at the time uh, and did the show and took part in it. And uh, I don't know. I uh, I got wind from a friend of mine that uh, Career Suicide were looking for a drummer, and so I... Our, uh, our, our drummer at the time uh, died from a peanut... <laughs> overdose. So yeah, rest rest in peace, Jesse. Um, but uh, wait a second! I thought your drummer before had an earache. Uh, that, uh, that oh, that kind of. Could you please explain this, Jonah? Uh, maybe your your, your drummer right. before had an earache. There is some connection between an earache and earache and career suicide. That your 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 the the winking is out of control in the studio. Uh, <laughs> You're referring to, I think, uh, Brandon Farrell. Who yes! Who plays on our most recent record. Yes! Um, and he used to play in a band called Municipal Waste, who got signed to... Earache Records! That's right. And legend has it, he took one look at the phone book size contract and said, no thanks, and quit Municipal Waste. Well, I thought it's really cool that you were going the earache angle because kind of what Andrew W.K. did, you know, hiring, like, death metal guys to be his backup band. So I thought that was oh, the yeah. direction <laughs> the career suicide were taking, you know, go for the earache-type bands, well, you know, I, the big heavy death metal direction. Originally, we had the guys from Repulsion as the rhythm section, but I uh, figured it was just kind of too risky on tour. And so the peanut overdose led to Dave coming in, essentially. 
Basically. And now you are here on CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, the Nardwater Human Survey Radio Show. We're speaking here to Career Suicide, playing tonight at Pub 340, tomorrow night at the Sweatshop. Right now, we thought we'd just quickly, before we get back to some of the playlists, we're going to play a little bit of Career Suicide. But before we get to Career Suicide... I thought I would play something maybe for Career Suicide. I've kind of almost given away the gag, but tell me, Career Suicide, what band this particular band might be and how this might relate to Career Suicide. Okay, I'm going to play it for you guys. You guys listening here right now? I'm just fascinated by this. The last time I did this comparison, I had the band... You guys familiar with the band Bourbon Tabernacle Choir? Yes. Do you remember the band Bourbon Tabernacle Choir? I think one of the guys ended up in Broken Social Scene. I guess you can probably see where this is going. I had them on an Art Ready Human Survey radio show in the late 80s. Yes, going back. And I remember I played their LP up against a Lenny Kravitz LP. And I was like, look, it's the same thing. And then they walked out and got mad. So don't get mad because I'm doing the same thing with you, Career Suicide, all these years later. And I've kind of already given away the gag if you've been listening to what I've been saying, Career Suicide. So, well, actually, right now we have a caller. What are you doing here? Hello, caller. Are you there? Yes. Hi, Nardwar. Uh, my name's Eric. I'm a never-listener, first-time caller. Hey, well, thanks for calling, And Well, it's great. Uh, Go I'm ahead, too. I'm the original Go. drummer, and uh, uh, oh. I'm owed a tremendous amount of money. No, hold on, hold on. i my intellectual property. <laughs> oh, sorry. I've never been paid for the uh, logo, never been remunerated for anything, I just, I'm wondering, where's the fucking cash? And you are the original drummer of Career Suicide. Original drummer. Who is this? Who are we, who's, who are we talking to here? My no name is Eric. Idea. Do you have any idea? Who, are, who is the original drummer? I thought it was me. Who could this be, Martin? We've only been a band for a year. Oh, I can't believe this. this what is, is their logo? Nightmare lo- continues. Okay, what is their logo, caller? What is their logo? This, like, well, proof... I'm glad... Oh. I'm so you know, glad you asked. You know, the proof to me that you know something about the band. Uh, I know they all have very, very embarrassingly small penises. <laughs> I guess every band probably does. Ba-boom. Yeah. But uh, just continuing on, what is the logo? Can you describe it? Because you guys have an interesting logo, isn't it? The Career Suicide logo. Yeah, well, it's mine. Yeah, yeah interesting. Well, it's, it's a rip-off, isn't it? it? A rip-off almost? Martin, yeah. would you say it's a ripoff or it has elements that you might see in other logos? Oh, no, I came up with that myself. It's completely original oh, based on nothing else. Okay, but can you describe it, caller? Can you describe the logo? Because then maybe you can prove you yeah, are the it's, person. It's half germs and half kiss. It was my idea, entirely mine. Absolutely no one else. Whoa, tried. half germs and half kiss. That is, that, is that true? No, no, that's nothing. Ours is, is, all, uh, is all Nazi SS and, I can't and believe what uh, Goodyear Tire. You're doing, so... <laughs> Um, caller, would you like to address career suicide anymore? Are you going to come to the gig tonight? Did you want to win a ticket? Oh, I'm coming to the gig. <laughs> I got my collar off my leg today, and uh, would you... I'm glad they're laughing. I'm glad they think this is fucking hilarious, because it's going to be pretty goddamn funny when I tune them in tonight. Well, caller... All right, sir, the guest lift spots have been given away. Caller, I'm really sorry. Really? What'd you trade them for? Uh, scare tactics, seven inches? Uh... <laughs> Caller, you are really impressive. Um, what can you tell people about Career Suicide before we play a little tune here? What is your memories of Career Suicide music-wise if people want to go down and check them tonight at Pub 340 or tomorrow night at the sweatshop? Oh, the first recording, there are no lyrics. Martin invented a whole new genre, if you will, white scat hardcore. <laughs> Not scatological, mind you. I'm talking the great tradition of uh, scat singing. 
there is not one unintelligible uh, word on that demo. It's just him going... And what was the response to the demo? It sounds like it left quite a lasting impression with you, caller. Yeah, I tell you, it's been the... I'd rather have cancer than have been in this band. It's just been a goddamn nightmare. (laughs) Well, thank you much for phoning in, caller. Again, check them out tonight to collect your money at Pub 340. (laughs) Like hell. Or tomorrow night at the Sweatshop, 1820 East Pendor with the regulations. (sighs) Get stuffed. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all, caller? Go to hell. Well, thanks very much, and doot-doot-a-loot-doot. And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 125, Cruise Columbia, Canada, and an Ardwarty Human Service Radio Show. Some disgruntled band members out there ready to take their place in career suicide lineup. I don't know who that was. Why don't you offer that he can do the door tonight and just take all the money? Maybe he should show up and just do the door or something like that. So right now we're going to go here. A little, what is career suicide all about? We are going to play some music here. What could I be alluding to right here? Okay, you guys listening? Okay, here we go. What song is this like? Okay, are you? Do you know what? Do you know what's, and of course, we we then we then we bring in this song right here. Career suicide. Did I have anything on that? I don't think chicks so. Chicks dig it. It sounds like Neil Diamond. And, but it was uh, like the chicks dig it riff. Is that not kind of like the side song? Was it not kind of the same? Like just the, just ty- kind of the same? Maybe. Just maybe. Bit of Jonah. Gonna have to say that. Like put on the headphones. Like I. I I I, I, I don't really hear it. Uh, okay. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. You wouldn't have to dig very deep, mind you. Okay. <laughs> I'm just wondering if there's a chick stick influence. Okay, so here we go. We'll just do that one more time, and we'll have CD number two. And I think... Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's you guys, right? Sounds amazing. Okay. Do you hear that? Did you hear that? Hear what? Did, did that? Did, 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 did. Okay, now if we do this on CD number three, oh, please make this work. Well, oh, okay, maybe not. Uh, the, uh, okay, just I'm still, still, still bear with me. Oh yeah. Okay, any similarities or was was. How was I doing, Martin? See where you're going with this, uh, Nardwar. Dave, what, how'd that... 
Well, they both have guitars. But was there not the... Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it's kind of close. But you know what? If you really want... The Debt Chicks Dig It song, I think you could go back a step. And I will... Uh, Martin, do you have... Like, that's what I'm, have, wait, I have... I'm going to... Not only am I going to prove your theory, but I'm going to prove it against Chicks Dig It. <laughs> One step back. Do you have the Coro EP somewhere? Not on my... Uh, Junior. Uh, yes. You do? Yes. Really? Yes. Cue up the song Nauseous. Oh. The band the Coral? Coro, K-O-R-O. Cor- okay, okay. Our old uh, Tennessee band. Another coincidence. So we're working here on the... And while we're doing that, let's just hear a bit of Career Suicide. Listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and an Ardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show. And then back to Jonah here from Career Suicide, who has been helping out into my investigation into the career suicide song Impact. Uh, Jonah, could you pull up the mic to your face there a bit? Uh, how's that? Actually, a bit more physically grab it. It's just distorting <laughs> a bit there. Okay. How's that? That's good. Yeah. Okay. So, what did we just?
just here? What what happened here? From the top, we heard. We heard part of a career suicide no, song. No, we heard the whole song. We really? heard the whole song, Impact, and then we heard a snippet of Chupacabra by Chicks Diggit. That was kind of a breakout hit for them, if I remember correctly. They had a music video on a plane. And then uh, you were trying to pin some copyright infringement on us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> using my limited legal training, I swiped it right around. And uh, you're going to have the one remaining living member of Coro, who now has a folk career, calling in to give Chick Diggit an earful. Coro were from Nashville, Tennessee, and released but one record. And, and you happen to bring it today to an Artwork of Human Survivor radio show. Call it prescient. Call it good luck. It saved our ass. And what happened to Coro? Is the guy's a folk singer now? What happened? Uh, what year was this? The Coro single is 83, and they have like a, some other recordings that never were released that actually just saw the light of day recently on Sorry State Records, if you uh, are a fan. And the singer of Coro went on to like a number of other things that are unpunk-related, one of which was he had an acoustic folk career, kind of like Zappa-esque. If you look it up on Google, you can find it and download his songs. Have anybody compared your song Impact to Coral or Chicks Ticket? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> Twice in one day. <laughs> Baboom, live on the Norbert Human Survey radio show. And we have some tickets to give away to Career Suicide, who are playing tonight at Pub 340. The first couple callers to CITR will win free tickets tonight on the guest list at 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR. And we have some more music that you have brought in. Please, could you tell us, Martin, what do we have here? We have, uh, by your request, some driving music. This was supposed to be uh, a segue to Jonah's kink set, but we got a little or a kink song, but uh, we're a little off track. This is the Head Coatees. The Head Coatees. And tell what we're going to hear after that. We're going to hear a couple things. I haven't eaten in like eight hours. I can't remember. Uh, I guess we'll tell you then. So 604-822-2487. That's 604-UBC-CITR if you want to win free tickets to go see Coro, Chicks Dig It, and Career Suicide. I mean, at, 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 at Pub 340, that's Career Suicide free tickets, 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR, 604-UBC-CITR. And here now are the head co Yeah. 
Listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and an Ardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show. And we still, still, still have Career Suicide here, live in an Ardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show. Sorry we hung up on you, caller, who won tickets to Career Suicide tonight at Pub 340. That's 604-822-247-604, UBC, CITR. And what did we just hear, Martin, from Career Suicide? We heard your little set. Thank you for bringing that in. Nardwar, Human Serviette Radio Show. Uh, thank you for inviting me to bring it in, Nardwar. I, uh, I guess I fulfilled a childhood fantasy of, uh, of uh, playing softer music on the radio. I've done community radio probably for about 10 years, and never once have I had a chance to play anything but punk and hardcore. And since this was the, a drive-in theme, or a driving theme show, I, or driving hour show, I, uh, I play something softer. So we started with the head coatees. I just thought we'd milk the drive home angle. I haven't really milked that before. You know, the drive home show. You know, the drive home show. Well, this is like make a wish for me. So I grew up listening to like oldies radio. So ba- I, I felt like I was on an oldies radio station now. So, well, head coatees aren't exactly old, but they sound old. And then uh, after them, we heard uh, QB and the Blizzards and then, and then the Circle. And the QB and the Blizzards from Netherlands, I think, or where are they from? Somewhere in Europe, right? 1960s. Yeah, they're from the European Nuggets box set. So, and in the circle, who the Diodes cover exactly. the Diodes from your own hometown. Have you played with the Diodes before? They've done a few reunion shows. Yeah, just uh, about a month ago, they did two reunion shows. Yeah, what reunion guys... shows have you guys seen? And I think oh, I was God, maybe going to ask for yeah. The, what have you seen? And what reunion shows have you played? Because well, remember, I was mentioning about the Frankie Goes to Hollywood thing. Like, jo- Joan and I actually play in a reunion band. Of the uh, an old, an old Hamilton band who never put out a record until recently. Oh, the Dream Dates? Guy, the, the Dream Dates, exactly, who Simon Harvey of Ugly Pop, who now moved to Vancouver, British Columbia, uh, put out their record. And uh, Joan and I played in a, in a reunion version of that band called The Suicide Dates. <laughs> and we've seen some very embarrassing reunion shows, the worst of which I would say would have to be The Saints. Oh, that it was, was dreadful. I, now, what makes Terrible. a bad show... Again, I have no idea what a bad show is. Well, I don't. It's not that I have anything against. This is the I'm stranded Saints. Exactly. A bit the of Aust- background from Australia, right? Yeah, from Australia, exactly. It's not nothing that I have anything against bands reforming and playing again, but especially a band like the Saints, where they don't now, need was that to guy, be. Did that guy end up in the Beast of Bourbon, or was that the Scientists? I got maybe I'm getting it mixed up. Okay, well, I'm back to sure. the Saints. Okay. Anyway, so it's. it's I mean, the Saints are a band that definitely do not need to be youthful to have uh, a real impact live. They don't need to jump around or put on a live show to entertain you. But despite that, 
they put on the sleepiest, most boring, heroin-fueled reunion set I've it, ever seen at if, the Horseshoe Tavern. It would have been infinitely more interesting if it was heroin-fueled. This was just like utter boredom, trans, trans, uh, transformed and transplanted onto the most sterile stage the Horseshoe's ever seen. And it's like poor musicianship from all parties, including Bailey, who, who could have done better. It just, it was such a letdown. It was pretty bad. It was just, yeah, quite disappointing. And have you played on any of those shows yourself? Have you played with, like, reunited bands? Isn't there, like, a house band at the Equalizing Distort show that plays with all these, like, legendary Toronto punkers? Like, there's a house band that plays with a lot of ex, like, Steve oh, Leckie? you mean, like, old guys? Yeah, like, no, like, yeah, there's, there's... A, like there's an old band. There's, there's like, a house well, band. That, like, bands go into Equalizing Distort show, and they play on that show, and then they get band- people to back them up. Uh, that's, that doesn't happen so much on the show as it does uh, off the show. Like, the Vile Tones came with a reformed Vile Tones lineup of all old Toronto punk personalities. Teenage Head came with most of the original members, minus their original drummer. The Diodes had all their original members. The Mods had uh, their, all their original members. Who else? Uh, the uh, the Existers, I think. The Existers, I think, had most of their original members. And uh, But what you might be referring to, there's this band called The Screwed. Yes, that's Which the is one. like Cleave from The Battered Wives and The Way Outs. John Bora from, what the heck band was he in? Anyway, like a bunch of guys from back then who who who, who play old punk covers together. And there was like a whole weekend at the horse show. It was like the second last pogo or something. Wasn't the Mods reunion pretty good? I heard it was pretty. I good. heard they. I missed them. They were they were really catchy. I, I I hadn't actually heard them before, and I really I was surprised. Now I was wondering about Toronto hardcore. What happened to that band? No warning. Wasn't there a band called No Warning? They uh, they're like a Toronto hardcore band, yeah. and they were kind of lured into the Greg Norrie treble charger some forty one camp. Like they were they a good hardcore band? I heard they were a good hardcore band. Depends who you talk to. They they. Uh, their fans and the people who were not their fans kind of experienced a large split, and, and people are very divided on whether they're good or not. Basically, they got the major label, taste of major label land, didn't work out for them. They disbanded before their contract was up, and they're all on to other projects now. Does that happen a lot to Toronto Hardcore or Ottawa Hardcore Miller there? Um, yes, it does, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> What? How have you been ruined? Like, if 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 a band, if you know, if no warning was ruined by the major label, how have you been ruined before? How have things gone bad for you in bands before? What do you foresee things going wrong? Lakeport. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, <laughs> um. I'm not really sure. I've I've ruined myself many of times, um, but as for bands, I'm not sure. How did you ruin yourself? <sighs> Nardwar, let me count the ways. <laughs> that's uh, that's too long to get into. Well, just a little snippet for the listeners out there in Radio Land. Again, you're listening to Career Suicide playing tonight at Pub 340 and tomorrow night at the Sweatshop. I believe Miller's mother might be listening to this radio program, so we might have to. He might be censoring himself a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, censorship, self-censorship. Well, there's a band called Kitty from Out East, isn't there? There certainly is. Known for their song, 
Career suicide. Career suicide. Has there been a career suicide versus Kitty beef at all going on? Because, you know, there was a fucked up Billy Talent beef. Is there a career suicide Kitty beef? You know, they're, they're, they've really tried hard. They've tried to drag us into that beef, but we're just we're too big for that. They're they're trying to earn some credibility and, and, and build a name for themselves by the riding song? our coattails. Did they but... write the song before... You guys? Oh no, they they wrote that about us. It's a diss track on career suicide. It's like I said, they're just trying to ride in the coattails of our fame. They're trying to. Well, career suicide. Interesting enough, I also noticed there's a band from New Bedford, Massachusetts. Do you know this band from New Bedford, Massachusetts called A Wilhelm Scream? That's what they're called, A Wilhelm Scream. And their new LP, as profiled on PunkNews.com, is called. Career suicide. Did you hear about that? I didn't. So we have a Wilhelm Scream calling their new LP Career Suicide, reviewed on Punk News or PunkNewWhatever.com, and Kitty doing the Career Suicide, which makes well, me... Kitty, Kitty must have got to PunkNews.org first, because I know for a fact that uh, attempted suicide was slated for featured review. And so Wilhelm over there in the peanut gallery must have been in league with those folks from out east. To, to help slight us. Which brings up the question, where do the cancer bats fit in? They don't. Bars. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. What's it like when you guys get invited to play gigs that you don't necessarily play? Have you been invited to play? Has Curse Suicide been invited to play Warp Tour or anything like that? Have your friends played Warp Tour? Have you been asked to play any bigger gigs like that? Or approached? Hmm. Pay to play? What have you turned down? We've been... We've gotten... Uh, Odd label offers from bigger labels, emo labels, stuff that's not really in line with anything that... that Jade Tree? Because they were on a fucked up bandwagon, right? They're on the fucked up band. They're, they're fucked up is on Jade Tree. Um, no, not Jade Tree specifically. So it, it's like a few more, say, crustier, like, crustier labels have offered. And it's usually the only mismatching that, that happens to go on is usually like... Uh, we get asked to play a more of the like straight edge, clean cut sort of style show, like a huge band with or a huge show with really big bands of that style, and then someone will ask us to play on something like that. And, and well, I think a great example of this is uh, our upcoming schedule. We uh, we're playing Pop Montreal on October sixth in Montreal, and then less than a month later, we're playing some crusty fest in Montreal with World, World Burns to Death. So. If that's any indication of... Uh... We also played a big show in Belgium with uh, the power violence band Agathocles, the metal-style ba- band Integrity, metal hardcore 90s band Integrity, and the American tough guy band Marauder. So how's that for a diverse bill? That's what I was kind of curious about was European gigs and actually just what your audience is actually like. Like, Miller, when you walk into a gig... Do you size up the crowd? Can you feel you're being judged when you walk into a gig? Um, like you personally, like you're walking in there, you know, with the equipment and all that? Not really. Um, I, maybe sometimes, I guess. Like uh, when, definitely when you're in Japan because you stick out like a sore thumb. Um, they would uh, stare and actually they would look away, oddly enough. Um, but not here so much. Because they don't want to see the star until the star is on stage? Is that the idea uh, behind it? I don't, I don't think that uh, comes into play. And how about Europe? Martin, when you're in Europe, do you feel that people are sizing you up at all? No, everybody's 
career suicide's really fortunate in the that we've sort of been embraced by a really broad cross section of uh, people that are into music and punk, and so normally the the prejudices that come from all the little subgenres rarely apply to our band. So people have always been really friendly to us. In fact, I think we're in a pretty rare position. We've been a band for about six years now. And I can think of maybe only one night in all the tours, all the places we've been, where we actually haven't had a place to sleep. And that's usually just people from the audience just coming up and volunteering to put us up. I mean, sometimes we're teeming with offers, so... Have you ever not gone back to the place that the person has offered or oh, arrived we, at the place and then left? Oh, we should have done that. If you, we, on this last European tour, we played this one show, especially in Belgium. It was, oh, <laughs> it was worse than... I would have rather have slept in the gutter. I, Miller and I shared a, a, a rotten cot on the top floor of this house that this crusty dreadlock guy was squatting. And uh, there was one window in the room. And like, first of all, the walls looked like they were going to collapse in on us. But there was one window in the whole room, this was in February, that wouldn't close. And the reason it wouldn't close was he tried to give shelter to all the neighborhood feral cats. So for the whole night... Cats kept coming in and crawling all over us. And it wasn't even the cats. I don't have anything against cats, but the fleas and the filth and the... Oh, God. Anyway, yeah, playing, touring in a punk band rules. I have a little write-up here from Lokat Zine reviewing a gig that you did in Malmo. Malmo, that's Sweden, isn't it? Yes. It's right across the water from Denmark. Home of the regulations who are playing tomorrow night with career suicide at the sweatshop 820 east pandora this is from Lokad zine and this is somebody commenting on a career suicide gig i noticed the merch guy who came with career suicide spending about half an hour folding t-shirts and arranging pins and stuff neatly before their show in malmo at the cafe panora i think i counted eight to ten different t-shirts in various colors so there's somebody analyzing you guys and getting, it almost sounds mad, perhaps. Maybe it's my inflections, but still getting mad that you had eight. Do Europeans get mad that you have eight to ten different colored T-shirts? Did you? Do you know what I'm talking about in this gig in Malmo? Do you remember this? I remember the gig in Malmo. I don't remember I remember having... Beave folding the T-shirts. Our, our, our roadie, the Beave, also, we've just discovered, is, is 100% legally blind. <laughs> so it could have had something to do with his... Uh, his fastidiousness. <laughs> so, of course, they noticed the yeah, merch guy. Yeah, but uh, Europeans are kind of a hard breed to please. It, it's like if you have too much, you seem like a cocky Westerner that is trying to, 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 to take Europe for granted. And if you, have, if, you, if you act too aloof, they don't like you because you're not sociable enough. It's, the I, next I, night in Stockholm, I, I, I got complaints from everybody that we don't have enough merch. Yeah, we so didn't have sweaters. Continue on from Lokat Zine of the Malmo gig. Often you can tell from the audience at a show exactly what type of sub-genre the band you're about to see relates to image-wise. And only a few people stand out from the dress code of the day. But tonight, at the Career Suicide gig, it was a mix of leather jackets, army coats, pierced faces, <laughs> dreadlocks and some other global hangovers, which might lead you to conclusion that career suicide is what? A crossover band? So my question to you is, what did the audience look like in Malmo? And what did the audience look like last night? Did you play last night in Vancouver too? 
We just landed okay. two hours ago. <laughs> Straight here to Vancouver, CITR. Okay, yeah, so what do you remember about the audience in Malmo? Did it have guys with dreadlocks? I guess at that other gig, dreadlock people seem to come to career suicide gigs. The only thing I remember about the crowd at that particular show is that the guitar player from Mob 47 showed up, and he was wearing a leather jacket, which had one pin on it, which was a Mob 47 pin. <laughs> so that's, we got the leather jacket guy down we there. We got the leather jacket. There was the army coat and the pierced face. Well, I was wearing an army coat. Okay. The, the pierced face and dreadlocks could have all come from one person. Uh, there's, there's a somewhat famous band in the DIY hardcore scene from Malmo called this, the Huit Kids. And their, uh, their lead singer was there, I think, who has the most uh, thick, intense unibrow, like, <laughs> like Count, 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 Countula. What was the guy from? No, the guy from Sesame Street who counted. The Count. Or like Burton Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> and dreadlocks and facial piercings. So this guy might have been only looked in two corners of the room. When you guys have played gigs, what are some of the best spikes that you've seen? Like in Japan, were there good spikes? Like what are some of the neat sort of outfits you've seen Absolutely. the crowd adorned in? Like, you know, the mohawk, you know, like good, what are the best spikes you've seen it when you've been playing a gig? Well, not playing a gig with them, but the best spikes, I think, in the world uh, are owed to uh, a Japanese man whose new band we've played with, and that is Ishia from Deathside, who now plays in Forward, and we've stayed with him both times that, we, that we've gone to Japan. And he definitely had got to be at least four-foot spikes growing off his head, and he still has the mohawk. It's just braided and, and tied back now. If I could add to that another spike story, in, in the basically... What, for all intents and purposes, is the Canadian Japan, Montreal, which has a thriving spiky punk scene or crust scene or hardcore scene. The first time we ever played in Montreal, we opened for a band called Anepsy, who are kind of famous now, and also a band called Drop Dead, who are a really big name. Uh, anyways, Spikes. One fellow who's kind of famous at the venue we played at has a prosthetic limb made of, of white plastic. Adorned entirely in pyramid spikes, like covered the whole way over. And during our set, he ripped off his own arm and was swinging it around like a mace or like a bludgeon. So that's my spike favorite. Back to Montreal and back to Japan. When you guys played there, you said the pointed sticks had been there and you guys had come to Japan. What other hardcore had been over to Japan around the same time that you had been there? Like any hilarious hardcore? Like who else has the promoter brought over aside from career suicide? I'm always interested in that. Like it's like career suicide. Who else has the promoter brought over and any other hilarious hardcore that's popular there? Well, I actually think that we might be the the first proper Canadian hardcore band that's ever gone over to Japan on tour. I'm sure DOA has been there or something like that. Yes, not, they have been have there. They? Okay. Yeah. SNFU? Possibly. Been? And No so. Warning went there in their not-so-hardcore phase. So No Warning made it. How about any of the other bands? Like, was the promoter saying, now that I've got you guys, we're going to try to get a reunion of Total Chaos Epitaph recording band to come <laughs> over. So I think they're still going, but something like that. Was there anything like that that they're really looking forward to? Not that I can think of. We we played with some ridiculous Japanese bands, but uh, like Doctor Cat's Paw. But uh. <laughs> how are they? Re- how are they um, received? The local bands? Did they get any love at all? It's sort of strange in Japan. Sometimes the local band uh, receives absolutely no support from the audience, and I couldn't, or well, none of us could really decide whether it was because they were the local band and people are just sick of seeing them, or they just hated them. 
For instance, we played with this band called the Slow Motions from Tokyo, who are an excellent 77-style punk band. And they poured everything they had into a, a few songs in a row, and the singer's doing these, like, Iggy by way of Elvis moves over, the like, Paul Collins' beat meets the Stalin music. Like, great stuff. And they stop. It's just, you know, you know when like a dancer stops and is still breathing really heavily, smiling at the audience, and you could hear a pin drop. And was the band pissed off, or were they just used to they that sort of reaction? So they looked like they were used to it. And how did they like you guys? Did they go home after you played, type thing, or did they wait through the, well, you know, or did, or did they leave the before night. you played, or what happened there? We played at the end of the night at that show, and everybody stuck around, and it was actually a really, really rowdy gig. So it was fantastic, very flattering. Now. Aside from tonight being the wildest gig ever at <laughs> Pub 340 with Queer Suicide, or tomorrow night with Malmo cover stars, the regulations at the sweatshop, that's a 1820 East Pandora. What is one of the weirdest gig goer that you've seen? I guess that's pretty much, I guess, the guy with the prosthetic limb and the spikes. I was once had a gig, and there was a guy, and he was completely naked, and it was an all-ages gig, so it was weird looking at a young kid. And I did glance at him for a second, and he had dyed pubic hairs, and he was completely <laughs> naked watching all the bands. You couldn't help but look at him. No, I didn't really. But I, have you had experiences with nakedness at gigs at all where you don't, you can't, you don't want to look? but it's like right in front of you. Oh, we had quite an experience with nakedness at a show. We, uh, we played a show in Albany, New York, a fest, and afterwards there was a, a secret after-party generator show at a solid waste dump, and uh, we were supposed to headline that but solid waste at a dump. solid waste dump does with a generator. Mean, does that mean we're... A garbage It's dump. like a garbage dump. There were discarded 18-wheeler containers and piles of trash. And uh, and there were three bands playing. We were going to play last. We didn't get to play because the cops showed up and broke everything up. But, before, but the two bands that played before us uh, were received by, I'd say, a 50% nude, self-hitting <laughs> audience. A nude what? Black SS and uh, Direct Control were the bands. A nude what audience? Circle pitting bands. A, a nude circle pit in a trash jump. Yeah, exactly. When did the clothes come off? Like as, I, they as, were, as soon as people pulled up, before the bands were even set up, people were naked and dancing and... Yeah. And so were you wondering if you were playing that you'd be looking at a nude circle pit? Yeah, I didn't know if I was at Woodstock or at a solid waste dump. <laughs> that is amazing. Career Suicide, live on a Nardwater Human Survey radio show and live tonight at Pub 340 in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada and a sweatshop tomorrow night, 1820 East Pandora. So we're going to end an Nardwater Human Survey radio show. I guess we're going to play some Career Suicide and then we're going to try to play a couple other tracks here. What are we going to hear on this particular plug-in here? If I can remember, was it, oh, was, it was this one? Okay, it was it was the uh, the crew. You were going to say the yeah, yeah, the uh, the crude from uh, Orange County or the California area somewhere. Uh, we're going to hear a track off their one-sided twelve-inch uh, gather round. Um, is that Dog Day Afternoon? That is Dog Day Afternoon. We're going to follow that up with some uh, old classic uh, Gigi Allen and uh, finish things off with the Newtown Neurotics. And we also have some Career Suicide here. What are we here? Track four from Career Suicide playing tonight in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. What are we going to hear there? Recipe for Disaster. And if anybody would like to win some tickets to go see the Dish Rags and the Furies who are playing also tomorrow night in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. It's 604-822-247, 604-UBC-CITR. And, of course, there's your connection to the Dish Rags and the Furies is what? What is what? the... 
What is the connection between career suicide and the Dish Rags and Furies gig that is happening tomorrow night that you're up against? The Furies were the first punk band to play in Vancouver. The Dish Rags opened that gig, so they were the first punks, actually, to play music up on stage. And their reunion show, that's tomorrow night at Richards & Richards, 604-822-247, 604-UBC-CITR, if you want to win free tickets to go to see that gig tomorrow night. What is the connection between career suicide and the Dish Rags and the Furies gig? It's on the same night. <laughs> That's pretty good, but it actually goes all the way back to Gabby. Gabby. And Gabby is actually why you're here today, kind of, because he brought all you guys together, didn't he? Gabby, a former CITR member, kind of helped Career Suicide out, right? By bringing sure. members together and stuff. Exactly. He's and the master. Gabby played bass in the. No, the, the Riff Randalls at one point at, and Career Suicide. And the Riff Randalls are opening up for the Pointed Sticks next week at the Red Room. And Jade Blade of the Dish Rags is married to Bill Napier Hammy of... Gabby. The Pointed Sticks, yes, it goes back to Gabby. So it all connects completely. So thank you for completing everything, Career Suicide, playing tonight at Pub 340, tomorrow at the Sweatshop, and free tickets again to go see the Dish Rags and the Furies at 604-822-247, UBCCITR. That's tomorrow night at Richards & Richards. Phone up. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all, Career Suicide? Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? See you tonight and tomorrow. Why should people care about Career Suicide? Why should people care about Career Suicide? Because we they care should. about people. All right. Well, thanks so much, Chris Suicide, and do 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 do. Gabby. <laughs>